Hey everyone, real quick, before we get started, I just wanted to throw out, we are talking about Hedwig and the Angry Inch, and if you know that story, we want to throw a quick couple of content warnings. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about abuse, we're going to talk a lot about uh, the sexual assault of minors. Uh, we're going to talk about body dysmorphia and the fear of surgery. We're going to talk about post-Nazi Germany, as well as discussions of anti-transness amongst Nazis. Oh, it is a, it is a lot that we're talking about, but we're also talking a lot about how to refer to Hedwig. Uh, very often, we will use a number of different pronouns, a number of different names, because with the story of Hedwig being as complicated as it is, it's hard to kind of tell what the real respectable way to refer to Hedwig is. So you're going to hear a lot of different names thrown around. We are trying to discuss Hedwig with respect. We try to just refer to Hedwig as Hedwig or Hansel, uh, but it's going to get complicated. Uh, and finally, there are some discussions that we have where one of our pundits refers to uh, quote-unquote the biology of a man and quote-unquote the biology of a woman and part of that is just because for a long time that is how we framed a lot of those conversations particularly where they come to marriage rights uh, and we do come around on that I do believe that we try and discuss breaking down that but just in case Ultimately, your genitals do not define your gender. It's just a mode of thinking and a way of speaking that we are uh, working out of our systems for those of us who are coming from a, a certain period of time. Uh, so yeah, I just wanted to make sure that you knew that going ahead, jumping in. Uh, so if you need to prep yourself, Hey everyone, first and foremost, sorry that this is coming out late. I mean, it's coming out on the right day, but normally I try and have these preloaded uh, the night before. So if you have a morning commute and you were hoping to hear an Is It Transphobic today and you aren't, I apologize. A couple of things. November 9th, Girl Tales podcast will be featuring my fun for the whole family piece, Rosie and the Dreamweaver. November 10th, the Parsnip Ship will be having a Parsnip Play Club featuring my work in progress called Untethered Angel. Parsnip Play Club is like a book club, but you independently read a play instead of a book and then chat with the playwright and others about your findings. And I meant to do this before Halloween, but uh, the world unfortunately exhausted me. So the uh, this past Halloween night, Maxa went live on Facebook for the release of the Strange Power music video followed by an interview with the artists, including L. Morgan Lee, uh, as well as a few others. Now, there's a lot of really awesome folks that worked on this, but also there's a lot of really cool trans and non-binary folks specifically that worked on it, that are starring in it, and that uh, helped create the piece. So I wanted to play a little clip of Strange Power for you right now. Love it. You don't have to call the doctor. We have them in the aisle. Careful with your constitution. This is gonna last a while. Those are shameless faces. Intoxicating Maxa was awarded a residency spot with the Center at West Park program at the historic West Park Presbyterian Church. So we, the producers of Maxa, decided to make a COVID-safe music video following 
all New York State film and television protocols. A little bit about the show, Maxa is an epic rock horror musical capturing the life story of Paula Maxa, the famed French tragedian who died thousands of deaths for the patrons who haunted the infamously bloody theater known as the Grand, the Grand Guignol. I probably mispronounced that. The story is a heartfelt, shrewd examination of the timeless struggle between trauma and healing. And that's available on Max's Facebook page. I'll link it in the description and share it in my social medias. Uh, but it's really cool, and they've got amazing artists working on it. So please check out the video. And finally, before we get started, I want to shout out to all of our patrons on Patreon, specifically Drew, Kate. Uh, Becca, Donna, Lindsay, Kirsten, Brian, Taya, Alex, Janelle, Morgie, and Unwoman. Y'all are amazing. Not to say that the people listening who aren't giving is it transphobic money aren't amazing, but if you'd like to be some like these amazing people, go to patreon.com slash is transphobic and sign up for even just a dollar a month. You'll get access to the episodes for free as well as access to interviews one month before they go uh, publicly. And... If, you, if there's just an episode that you particularly liked, that you enjoyed, that you said, like, hey, this was really well done, I really enjoyed that criticism, but you don't necessarily want to sign up for a monthly fee, you can go to ko-fi, ko-fi.com slash isatransphobic, and just kick me a dollar, kick me two dollars, let me buy a coffee. I'm doing this all on my own. This is just kind of a thing. So, yeah, I like coffee. All right, here's the episode about Hedwig and the Angry Inch you can go ahead and do that. Is It Transphobic will be addressing issues of transphobia and transmisogyny. We may also address issues of racism, classism, ableism, and various other intersectional issues in this podcast. So this is a trigger warning. The panelists on Is It Transphobic will also use strong language. So listener discretion is advised. Hello, everyone. My name is Ashley Lauren Rogers. I use she, her, and they, them pronouns, and I am the creator, producer, and host of the Is It Transphobic podcast. And joining me today are... Hey, everybody. It's AJ Mattioli joining you again uh, from Mattioli Productions. Hi, I'm Bear Spiegel with they, them pronouns. Uh, I'm an actor, drag performer, trans person. Excited to do this. Yay! So we're talking about Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Um, I like just to just to put it out there. I unabashedly love this fucking movie. Uh, yeah. I wanted to put on a production of this in college. We just couldn't get everything together. Um, but yeah, so I'm I'm really excited to kind of get deep into Hedwig because I know Bear, you're familiar with the live show. I'm familiar with the live show, obviously, because I almost put it on. <laughs> um, AJ, out of curiosity, AJ and Bear, is this the first time you've seen this, the movie version of this, or have you seen this before in the past? Um, I've seen the movie. I started out uh, with the film, actually, uh, when it came out in was it 2000, maybe? Um, I think the show was 98, and then the movie came out 2001, maybe? Um, and I saw it in the movie theater over... Uh, it, over downtown Manhattan at the Clearview Cinemas that used to show 
a bunch of queer films. It's also a bottom of cheerleader. Uh, you know, it, it's one of those one of those uh, little theaters that that show independent queer films. So my first introduction to Hedwig was the movie, uh, and then I didn't see the play until it was on Broadway, and I was lucky enough to see it with John Cameron Mitchell. Um, ah. Yeah, which was amazing. Which was amazing. It was actually right after he hurt his leg. I don't know if you guys remember that. Yeah. yeah. And he did, he did the show uh, with a bum leg. Yeah. And it was extra hard because it was also after Lena Hall, uh, her time as that character uh, had gone away and she moved on to other things and other shows. So it was not only a new cast member, but also him in a, in pretty much a, with a bum leg. And it was still a phenomenal show and amazing. So mm-hmm. I'm a big fan. Origin of Love is one of my top five favorite songs of all time. I can barely get through it without crying. So yeah, <laughs> big fan, big fan. Uh huh. Yeah, I had I had been aware of Hedwig since I was a teen. A lot of my friends had watched it, but I was scared of being uncool, so I told people I had seen it, but I had never actually seen it. So I watched it for the first time. I want to say like around May, because uh, I did I did a drag number using the long grift and so i wanted to make sure i knew i just wanted to look at every single version of it so i watched the movie i watched um a bootleg of john cameron mitchell doing the revival with uh his cat his little leg brace on Mm -hmm. and there's a fantastic video of the 1998 performance um that i also watched so if either you want those links let me know (laughs) Um, um and then i also i saw it i did see it live with Andrew Reynolds twice when it was on Broadway. Oh, I forgot Andrew Reynolds did it. They had a lot of big names as Hedwig. Yeah, I was actually um, fairly good friends with the casting director of Hedwig, and he actually asked my advice once, and it was very stressful as an 18-year-old to be asked who should be the next Hedwig. Um, <laughs> I was like, I feel like you should be asked. Well, you're to blame. Um, I have some wild ideas. Maybe not a cis man. We'll get there. Anyway, <laughs> I didn't see them. I was much more familiar with the stage version. I finally saw the movie a few months ago, and then I, you know, watched it again to prepare for this. Mm. Um, but yes, been been very aware of the basic idea of Hedwig since my mid-teens. I'd mm. say. Yeah. yeah. No, this is uh, this is admittedly a favorite of mine. Uh, that doesn't mean that I'm not gonna go in on it, but at the same time, it's mm-hmm. absolutely a favorite, and nothing about our analysis will change that. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I think you say that a lot, Ashley. Like, just because, like, especially with comedy, I remember one of the first podcasts we were on together. You were like, "Just because it's transphobic doesn't make it not funny," uh, <laughs> and I think that's a big, you know, something I, I stick to a lot. Like, you know, just because something's problematic doesn't mean you can't enjoy it. You know. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, with with this one, for me, I anytime I get to Wig in a Box or Wicked Little Town, either version of it, I ball. Like, and I keep forget. I forgot when I was doing my rewatch, and I was just like, put on some make. Oh shit! And I'm like, put it now. I just quoted one line, and I'm already like tearing up. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So I, I was first introduced to this, funny enough, from um, the heavy metal forums, because I used to like frequent blabbermouth.net, blabbermouth and they kept talking about all these like prominent metal figures seeing the original production. Uh, like you'd see like Slash was at one, and it was just like, Slash, is that Hedwig and the Angry Inch? It's like, what is this? <laughs> Peter Steele, the lead singer of Typo Negative, is seen at Hedwig and the Angry Inch. It's just like, who, what, who, what, what? And then, like, I looked into what Hedwig was, and I was just like, wait, what is this? What is this? Like, what is this? It's, it's so, one of those shows that are on Broadway for people that aren't into Broadway, right? Like, very much like Hamilton, where you get traditional Broadway people that, like, you know, Roger and Hammerstein, they're not into Hamilton, you know? Uh, you know, it is, it, is a sh it is a Broadway show for non-Broadway you know, people, um, you know, including Broadway people, but it, it opens it up a lot, which is really nice. Yeah. And just to be well, clear, also, sorry. Sorry. No, no. I, I, I just wanted to get clarification and then I absolutely want to hear from you, Pear. Also, for clarification, when you say Broadway, you mean uh, more like big musical or you mean specifically things that have been on Broadway? Because I know he big Hedwig has been, but it took a while for it to get there. So. Yeah, Hedwig wasn't on, it was. People kept calling it a revival, but it was not. It was never on Broadway. The, the, the last time it was on Broadway was the first and only time it's been on Broadway. Yeah. It was only ever an off-Broadway show. Yeah, I was gonna say I was like I actually think it was really fascinating that they brought Hedwig to Broadway because it's it's there are some shows that belong off Broadway in my opinion, but mm. you can like when they brought Little Shop of Horrors back recently it wasn't on broadway they kept it off broadway and it was still high production but they did a really good job of like keeping it to its roots and so i think what broadway did with hedwig is really fascinating i think they did a lot of good but i also think they absolutely turned it into a broadway musical which i don't necessarily think hedwig should be mm -hmm. um but that's again that's a whole other conversation I actually have a note about that um, because, again, saying that, like, I really do enjoy Hedwig. I think it's a, a movie that people should see. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I do find it weird um, when when things are, are put on Broadway that are a little bit antiquated and, and pushing, you know, uh, so, like, so when Hedwig came out, this idea of sex and gender being the, sta the same was still very uh, connected and still very much mm -hmm. the mainstream idea uh, even for people who are trans like me, you know, in, in 2001 when I saw it, there was men and women, non-binary wasn't, wasn't a household term, uh, wasn't commonly used. Um, so I always think it's weird when they, they put something like that, like Tootsie, for example, as a, you know, yeah, well, I mean, like, we go in for hours and hours on that. But, like, why, out of all things to put on Broadway, why put Tootsie? Now, Tootsie's way more problematic than Hedwig, but... You know, it, even Carousel. Carousel was put back on Broadway. Carousel is a, a show about a man who beats his wife, dies, yep. comes back to beat his daughter. Like, that's literally what Carousel is. And they were like, let's bring that back. And now, obviously, yep. Hedwig is not as problematic as Carousel. It's not as problematic as Tootsie. But it is, it is reinforcing to people who are coming in from other states, the tourists that are seeing it, that trans people, um, it, it, it's like that sex and gender are exactly the same thing and somehow because this gay boy had his you know his penis cut off that now he's inherently a woman um you know whether or not Hedgewood would have found that journey himself anyway is irrelevant to to the fact of what they're pushing that weird narrative which i'm sure even now if john cameron mitchell had to rewrite it 
They would. I mean, I think of it a lot like the the line in um, Kinky Boots. Uh, the opening line, one of the opening lines is ladies and gentlemen and those who have yet to decide. And they still use that line. And I'm like, <laughs> that one at least is still like you could easily change it. Whereas like Hedwig is the entire show that you would have to adapt. <laughs> so I, I think that's so interesting because I, I don't, I don't see Hedwig at all being clear cut of sex and gender being the same thing. I, I, I agree that I think audiences took that away. The, the majority of, you know, not trans competent audiences probably did. But like as someone who was not yet trans when they saw the show, but, you know, was, you know, an 18 year old. Yeah. Um, I one of the things that's so fascinating to me about Hedwig is that Hedwig never explicitly says what Hedwig's gender is. Hedwig themselves never says i'm a woman i'm not a woman i'm a man i'm not a man there's just it's very clear that they're not cis but they again you know they didn't choose these surgeries they didn't choose to be viewed this way Mm -hmm. i think it's what's more fat one of the most fascinating things to me about hedwig is the way that audiences take away going oh that's a trans woman that's a non-binary person it's like she never said that i think no one yeah. She does think she stands between half man, half woman. She does say that in a song. That is true. That so, is true. But, but think, a lot of it. I, I do think a lot of where her gender is has been forced upon her, mm-hmm. both with genders and then how she was forced to present and be seen after these surgeries. Of course. So like, even like, I think she doesn't really even know what her gender is because she hasn't been given, she's never been allowed the space to explore it individually on yeah, her of course. own. Of course. So like, even even when she says stuff like I'm in between, like I don't know how much they've been able that Hedwig's been able to think about that just within Hedwig, you know? Yeah. It's just so I think it's one of the most complex Nazis characters in media because mm-hmm. they've never been given their own chance to find their identity. And it's hard to play non-cis too, because we don't know either way, you know. Yeah, we don't know. yeah. and it's only <laughs> ever been played by no. cis men. So I'm gonna I, I'm gonna walk into this statement, and my intention is that we can kind of find the like have maybe arguments about it, maybe agreements, maybe figure out a way to fine tune this statement. But I am always okay with cis men portraying Hedwig, because I feel like even though Hedwig and I want more trans people to be able to as well, but I am never offended when a cis person is portraying Hedwig. Because ultimately, yeah. I feel like Hedwig is a trans narrative, but I don't know, especially based on what we were just saying, that the character, the the, the character is trans, but yeah, they yes. are going on a trans journey because of things, because of situations that have forced them into the place that they're in. Yeah, yeah. I I agree. I I I. The reason I get frustrated about it is because. I wouldn't be as mad if Sismane playing Hedwig if a trans person has ever played Hedwig on a larger scale hmm. than Mason Park. They are the only person that I know of, and I only know them because I know them semi-personally. Hmm. They they were Hedwig's understudy on the national tour, I believe, hmm. um, and they played Hedwig a few times. Um, but on a large scale, Hedwig has never been played by a trans person. 
So, like, I don't think it's wrong that Hedwig is played by cis men, but until Hedwig is given a trans actor, until Yitzhak is given a trans actor, I don't want to see any more cis people playing it. Until, you know, it's kind of the idea that that a lot of people argue, is, like, until trans people are given the roles that are, you know, supposed to be for them, hmm. I don't want to see cis people taking those roles anymore. Once enough trans people have played it, then open it up to everyone again, sure. But for me, I'm sick of all trans characters, regardless of of their trans women, non-binary, question, you know, in the wherever. I'm sick of them only being played by cis men to a large scale. Of course. If it's going to be done, if Hedwig's going to be done like on Broadway or a movie again, I want to see trans people before I see cis men again. Yeah. That's really, but, I, but again, I agree. I don't think it's wrong to have cis men play this character because again, like it is so muddled. And I think as long as the actor, actor, wow, sound that weird. As long as the actor <laughs> Hedwig has a empathy and an understanding of this hmm. character and this role, then absolutely. I think it totally, there's nothing wrong with a cis man playing it. I just don't want to see it anymore yeah. for now. See, for me, for me, Hedwig has always been kind of the, uh, Hedwig has always in my brain been a cis man. I've always read that, that as a cis man, um, in a way of, you know, obviously a gay cis man, clearly. Um, <laughs> there's no questions there, right? Um, as, as far as the gender that he enjoys, that this person enjoys. Um, but I've always read, as, and that's why um, Hedwig is such a dick throughout the film, right? I always read as when you force people to be something they aren't, they become shitty people. Um, and, and I think that that also translates to, you know, um, you know the, the, the Lena Hall character. The, what's that name? What's their name? Yisak. Yisak. Um, I think it all kind of like, they are being forced to, you know, I always look, you know, even though I was blown away when I realized I was a woman at the end because I was, I've always been this naive person that is like, you tell me you're a girl and I believe you're a girl. You tell me you're a boy. I, mean, yeah. I never even, like, but I just find it funny, like, I was so young and I didn't even clock that until the end and I was like, what? Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, I just believe I'm not going to lie. I took it took another uh, watch. It took a second watch to realize the Yitzhak character was also trans. For some reason, I did not like was trans. I did not clock that my yeah. first watch when so I watched it. Idea for me of like neither of them are really great people. I mean, Yitzhak's not nearly as bad as Hedwig, but they're not great people. And I feel like it's this Hedwig was forced. It always read to me as Hedwig was forced to be something he's not. So therefore, the person that needs something from him, he can make into what he needs um and it just shows you know uh you know uh kind of this this manipulation of of in the opposite right where like you're forcing someone to be trans as opposed to forcing someone to be cis uh which is always a kind of interesting dynamic um but i do love a movie that like has a million different ways to be seen and and how different people can take different things from it yeah yeah it's, it's very interesting um i will say i think and I could be wrong that Ali Sheedy randomly played Hedwig, and not yeah, she was famously terrible. She was terrible. Oh. I, I, when I was look, when I was Damn doing it. the drag number, I looked into every single version of Hedwig I could find, and I found, I found all the reviews of Ali Sheedy, and <laughs> I don't want to be mean because apparently it sounds like she was going through really, really horrible mental health, oh, and okay. that's why she was like. 
She didn't show up for half of the performances she was booked for. Ooh. When she did show up, she didn't know most of her lines I mean, or the songs. Like, it was just like, it was, it was a, like, ooh. critics were really, really mean to her. And I don't want to be mean to her because, like, she was, like, famously terrible. And, like, <laughs> the problem is that's, supposedly that's why a woman or a trans person has never played Hedwig again is because uh, of attitude. Oh, shit. <laughs> Ooh. Absolute bullshit, obviously. Yeah, obviously. But, like, yeah, she's the only not cis man to like famously have played Hedwig, but like people are like, well, that's why no one can do it again. It's like, well, maybe you shouldn't have booked someone who was having mental health problems. Like, yeah. like read the room. <laughs> like, it sounds like, you know, like her agents clearly weren't taking care of her, yeah. were they? Um, yeah, we've we've done a we've done a superhero film with a woman in it, and it didn't do well. I mean, it was a piece of shit film, but I guess never yeah, again. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and John Cameron Mitchell even he he wrote a statement in support of Ali Sheedy, being like, "You're all being assholes." I'm in support of a woman playing Hedwig. I'm in support of other women and trans people playing Hedwig, and fuck all of you. Yeah. Oh. And, I was, and I was like pretty impressed to find that. Mm-hmm. It was like right after Ali Sheedy had been, you know, like written out of town, <laughs> and he was like, "All you had people who call yourself Hedwig fans, fuck you." Mm-hmm. Like it was. Pretty, <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Good job, John Cameron Mitchell." Like, no, you know? like his gay men are the worst. Some of them are pretty great. <laughs> Or, you know, decent people. Uh, I do love that John Cameron Mitchell. Okay, Um, we should probably talk about the movie a little bit. Yeah, I was going to say, it's also interesting that you both reference Yitzhak as a trans character Mm. because Yitzhak, to me, is another fascinating example of, like, is Yitzhak the character trans or is Yitzhak also a cis man who is a drag queen? I I, I read it the other way because, like, so Hedwig is technically like, when when they talk about being married, right? Each have one right. divorce. So technically, let's just pretend we're heterosexual cis people with no knowledge of gender studies, right? Uh, right, right, right. It looks to me like in in America during that time, he would still have the biology of a man, right? Like a quote unquote man. And to get married, Yitzhak would have to have the biology of a woman at that time because it was 2001 and we couldn't get married in the United States till then. So they talk about getting a divorce. But Hedwig didn't have the anatomy of a man. I don't think it counts. They were in America. I think she's legally, I'm pretty sure that she like legally is a woman. I don't think because we look at it and the way the, the United States marriage licenses look at it i think it's birth certificate based yeah so and this this is where i'm going well this is where i'm going with that like a lot of it was birth certificate because they don't they don't check you when you're trying to get married uh at the same time like she had her mother's uh and i'm using she her for hedwig because Hedwig. yeah after that's what she uses uses, Um, so hedwig she had her mother's passport and her mother's passport would have had the designation of female. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Right. And, I mean, yeah. There's so many so, players. Yeah. Like, My whole thing is like, she was able to, if the reason she escaped Germany was because she passed as a woman, then that means she's still passing legally as a woman in America. I always read it as like Berlin was a little bit not as advanced as this not, country, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I honestly don't know about that. 
I mean, at that time, they would have been as strict, if not stricter not than America stricter. about gender, yeah. Yeah. Um, because it would have been post-Nazi Germany, and then that's when things really locked down. Yeah. Um, so, again, like, the way that I always understood it was if Hedwig was able to escape by passing legally as a woman, then she would have had to enter the country legally as a woman. Yeah. For those listening, I'm using air quotes because what does any of that mean? <laughs> no, we're, um, using, we're using lots of air quotes, like a lot of air quotes. So just so everyone listens. <laughs> it's, all, it's all garbage. So, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Just, uh, uh, just to speak yeah. on Germany history. I, I, so first off, I love this conversation because we are all so passionate that we're like, blah, blah, blah. but like, just, just to throw this out with like Germany history, particularly around that time, uh, prior to Nazi Germany, there were a lot of initiatives to uh, both help and document uh, yes. trans individuals. Specifically at the time, it was mostly trans women because that's all- the whole library of it. Yeah, that burned up because the Nazis. Like there's a very yeah. famous picture that they show of Nazis burning papers. And that's literally this library uh, documenting mm -hmm. trans cases. And so especially after that, like I don't know, especially because they're on the, I'm gonna call it the wrong side of the Berlin Wall. Uh, because they're on that side, it would have been a lot more like strict and a lot more, which makes sense why Luther. Th okay, well, we got to get into that, but like from that perspective, yeah, it makes yeah, more sense yeah. why Luther is pushing and advocating for uh, the uh, the character at the time using the name Hansel. Again, I'm just stating that because there's a lot of confusion around like who who is Hedvig and how does Hedvig identify, uh, but right. forcing Hansel to get quote unquote the surgery from a shady doctor um let let's let's focus for a second on yeah. a lot of this because there's stuff that i i don't want to say ignored but there's a lot of stuff that i didn't focus on when i with my love of the movie which is how much trauma this character who becomes Hedwig oh. goes through it's Heartbreaking. Horrible, horrible. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. I, I can't I can't even I mean there's so many fears that like when you watch this movie as a as like for me as a trans man who who does waver between wanting surgeries and not wanting surgeries, whether that means ma facial masculinity things or you know, um getting you know, my breast taken off or you know, any of those things. Um, you know, it goes into the that big fear of picking the right doctor, right, and and going in and and getting a surgery and coming out looking mutilated, looking like a Frankenstein. You know, um, that is a huge fear for me. And and mm. you know, uh, luckily I don't I don't like my body per se, but I'm not triggered by it. I don't I don't I don't feel unattractive when I have my shirt off, right? Like. Might not be my fave, but also, like, I'd rather not have a gut, too. So, like, here we are. You know? Um, but, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. like I'm luckily not in, in inherently triggered by the fact that I have this body. Um, knock on wood and all that stuff. But it is the one of the biggest reasons that I haven't, at almost 40 years old, had top surgery, is the fear of... What if my doctor's having a hard day? Or what if he got yeah. into a fight with his wife? Or what if she you know, was drinking last night or whatever, you know, um, or just we all zone out, you know, yeah. um, and, and that, that real fear of, of, of having a botched surgery, uh, yeah. really, really affects me from this movie. Um, and I think that, 
you know, it's also um, a line that really affects me as a trans person is uh, when Tommy and Hedwig finally kiss and they're making out and, 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 he- and she grabs his hand and she puts it on his, pri- on her privates. And he goes, what is that? And she says, it's what I have to work with. Um, and I love you. And then she, re- he says, I love you. And then she responds with, well, then love the front of me. Uh, and it's such a equivalent to like, I know you think I'm handsome with my clothes on, but like when we get naked later, are you going to be okay with the fact that like, I have hair on my tits? Like, you know, like, are you going to be okay? Like, you know, uh, with that and with the reality of what my body actually is, um, big fears for trans people, like mm-hmm. really big fears, you know, uh, and that this movie definitely hits on those and, and in a way where I do wish Hedwig was a little bit warmer as a character. Uh, cause I feel like <laughs> it would help heterosexual cis people to kind of be a little bit more sympathetic. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's when he rips up the passport, and when she rips up the passport, that I just go, "Oh God damn it, Andrew. Yeah. We were hoping <laughs> for you. We yeah. were all for you." Uh, but it is mm-hmm. th- those two lines for me mm-hmm. are really the ones mm-hmm. that fuck me up, and and of course, like you know, the ending when she finally is just naked and walking down the block, and yeah. oh my God, how didn't I know I was pansexual the first time I watched that movie? God, I don't know. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> But walking out and just saying, this is me and, and having that moment and, and remembering all those moments in my life where like, you know, I'm, and I'm, I'm on record talking about the fact that I'm part of the kink community. And the first time I went to a kink uh, camp, uh, the girl I was with uh, told me, you know, essentially like, we're not spending this whole weekend with clothes on. That's ridiculous. We're at kinky camp. And she literally made me just walk around the camp naked. And it was my Hedwig end of movie. Mm. This is my fucking body. And, and like it or don't, I don't care. Um, this is me. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really powerful. Well, yeah. Movie. So, yeah. Like first, first I want to acknowledge, thank you for sharing. Cause there was a, there was a lot in what you just said and there was a lot of like very personal things. So thank you for, for sharing that AJ. Yeah. Um, I know Bear. There was uh, there was something that you wanted to respond to. Uh, it looked like there was something you wanted. To, if not, that's totally fine yeah, too. It I have was. Now I'm like I've already forgotten it was, what it was. Yeah. So because I know we started oh, talking yeah. about trauma, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna say I was like you were you were talking earlier about the songs that make you cry and like in what AJ what you're talking about you know in relation to the trans people's bodies and how we all have an individual journey with our own and reconciling it one of the songs that makes me cry is 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 uh you know the angry inch song the song that's about her surgery about her body because like yeah it's 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 fast and like it's kind of funny but she's mad this is a song about someone being so frustrated with their body and like whether you're a cis person or a trans person whether you've had surgeries whether you haven't like that number is so visceral to me as a trans person of just like being so dissatisfied, but not knowing if you'll ever be satisfied with your body, no matter what you do to it. Yeah. Um, like that's one of the numbers that like makes me cry because she's so angry. And I think, you know, to touch on what you were saying about wanting how to be warm, of course we do. But I think it's so brilliant that she's the way she is because that's what trauma can do to people. Oh yeah. 
Someone who goes, like, you know, not, you know, I'm not saying that every single person that goes through trauma becomes a fucking asshole. (laughs) But, like, people can become assholes because of trauma, because that's, it's a trauma response to shut down, to not allow emotions, to not get let, to be soft to other people, because that's how you've been hurt. Like, yeah. It would be so much more useful to have Hedwig be a a, a warmer person, but I think it's a, a more realistic narrative that she is the way that she is. Oh, yeah. I, would, I mean, if I were her, I'd be scanning people. Like, I don't know how she, like, I mean, like, yeah. yeah. I mean, there is no yeah. doubt that she has every right to be as pissed off as she is. Uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah. But the passport is definitely crossing mm-hmm. the line. Like, she's definitely, she, I don't, I'm not saying that her trauma excuses her actions. Right. But it is, like, it, she is a, under, I understand yeah. her care, you know, yeah. where. And she's right. very, I, you know. Yeah, she saw him as as someone that was going to leave her again, and the way to rip up the passport was the way to keep him yeah. there. Yeah. You know, them there. Yeah. You know, uh, I know. Yeah. Like there, there's also a lot of other trauma that, again, like I ignored in my first couple watches. Not ignored, but I again, like it didn't factor into uh, sharing it with other people. And this is just like a trigger warning. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot of like uh, assault on minors. Um, Hedwig, yeah. it's implied that Hedwig's, uh, f- I believe, father, uh, the American GI, uh, assault, uh, sexually assaulted Hedwig as a child, and the mother mm. immediately kicked him out as soon as she found out, which, A, good on you, mama, but B, Jesus Christ. Uh, and then I don't know how young Hansel is when Hansel meets Luther, uh, but that whole relationship was very questionable and then finally again perpetuating this Hedwig I forgot that Tommy was 17 17. and it's just when Hedwig literally like engages in a sexual encounter with him so there's a lot in that as much as again like I still love this movie there's a lot to love about it and I think that there's a conversation that could be had about these things but at the same time, we have to acknowledge them because they are there and they are the piece. Um, yeah. yeah. Which, yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't realize until I watched the movie that Tommy was supposed to be seventeen. I mean, you know, the show doesn't really get into how sexual their relationship is in general. Yeah. So watching the movie was that was wildly uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. She, you know, again, not that it is excused, but she is absolutely repeating a cycle of abuse because. Hedwig, you know, Hedwig Hansel, whatever, was definitely somewhere between 16 to 18 when their relationship with Luther began. And Luther was, you know, an adult man. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hadn't, I hadn't really put that together about a cycle of abuse. So thank you for bringing that up. I hadn't, I hadn't put the two different events together like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, um, you know, I definitely, yeah, the, the assault is definitely there. It's, you know, I can't imagine that mother, uh, that mother having, what kind of decision is that to make, right? Like, it's got to be a hard one. Like, you have this yeah. man who's screwing your your 16-year-old kid, you know, and you don't want that. But they're also in the middle of, you know, on the wrong side of the Berlin Wall, you know. Uh, and and that is a, a way to get out into, you know, the land of the free, you know, and, and get to America. So it is, it's got to be a hard a hard decision to make. Um, I think that at, if I was the mom, I probably would have made the same decision uh, because they didn't know which way Germany was going to go. Um, 
but that, those are decisions that I can't even imagine having to kind of think about. Um, and, and the fact that Hedwig just goes and does that same thing. Yeah. The, I mean, yeah. That, that is what happens, right? Like, it's the cycle. It's the cycle. Like, yeah. And there's there's a lot better resources than I'm able to provide at this exact moment on this idea of the cycle of abuse. But absolutely, it's a thing. And it's uh, it, it's which is why I don't necessarily shy away from the movie. But at the same time. Nope, like it's it's a thing to bear in mind, and it's a thing to remember, yeah. especially as we rewatch and as we. I mean, <laughs> if you're if you're groomed as a teen to think that your relationship with an adult is totally normal, then as an adult, you might not have the same sense that starting a relationship with with a teen is abnormal as well. Again, doesn't excuse it, but you can understand why there would be a you know someone changed that idea of morality in Hedwig by abusing her so of course you know she might not have the same like i hate using the term morals but like the same right. set of like values as most human people have decided on mm. as they should to not you know have relationships with children yeah. um <laughs> but yeah again and more so just like explaining like that if, if you are groomed as a child it is understandable that as an adult you might not understand that you are making an unhealthy choice for yourself and the child's involved. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because you were totally normal. The other thing that this presents itself, now that I'm doing a lot more deep analysis on it, is there is a stereotype in a lot of people's thinking that queerness um, comes from trauma. Like there's a trauma yeah. that was inflicted on you. Right. And unfortunately, I like I am just saying this and you know, people can hear this and say that, oh, you just love the movie, so you're making excuses, which okay, I'll hear, but no. Um, I feel like if there were more better portrayals of queer people in media, in popular culture, more readily available, even from this time, even from now, we'd be able mm. to unpack a lot of this, but I can't I have a hard time unlinking the fact that there is a clear trauma and then there is a queer narrative and it sucks. Like, I don't yeah. think that that is intentional and I don't think that that is part of it, but at the same time, I can't, I have a hard time unlinking it. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. 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 I agree. I don't think it's intentional that the idea is like trauma turns you queer and then queer people repeat that trauma. But unfortunately this individual story does tell that story. I mean, like, you know, I, I've never seen it as like Hedwig is queer because of their dad, but yeah. like you know, you're right. A lot of people did think that, do still think that, and this movie could and probably does reinforce that for people who already think that. Um, you know, which is obviously, and we all can all agree, is a ridiculous idea. And right, of course, yeah, you know, I, I know plenty of sadly, you know, plenty of women who have been molested by men that are no that are not lesbians because of it. Uh, you know, uh, that don't hate men because of it. Um, you know, that, that idea of, you know, uh, you know, accessibility to, to children, um, makes you more likely there's so much nonsense around it. Um, yeah. so yeah, so I think we can all agree that there's a bullshit narrative because of how many people, how many people we know that have been touched and raped and molested and don't automatically become queer or automatically, you know, <laughs> become straight. And if you look at conversion therapy and all those fucking places that they fuck mm -hmm. you to get the gay out, right? Then like, wouldn't that mm -hmm. work? Like, so if fucking yeah. you, if, if a man fucking a boy makes him gay, then 
a man fucking a girl to ungay them would still like like this is the the mental gymnastics. Yeah, like there's there's a lot of there's a lot of mental gymnastics that we don't even necessarily yeah, need to go yeah. into. But like yeah, yeah. Know, it's so the, the thing that I want to just make sure is stated when we're talking about this is with something like this, so much of the it, it blames the victim in a very specific way that ultimately predators are looking for prey that will seem weak to them, will seem like they're easy yeah. to manipulate. And especially someone who's questioning sexuality, questioning gender, questioning anything like this is going to look like easy prey. And that's really what it boils down to. It's not that an act turns you gay. It's that I can exploit this because people are looking at, mm -hmm. at them in this yeah. way. Um, so I don't necessarily want to linger too much on that, but I wanted to make sure that we stated it. We had a conversation about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let me let me ask you then. Uh, it's it's going to be a weird transition, uh, like like all of us. But <laughs> what? <laughs> but what? Like, do you have a favorite song? Whether it's one that, like, again, we've already talked about because it makes you emotional, or whether it's one that's just like, oh my god, I love this song so much. Um, I mean, I guess for me, it's definitely Original Love, right? Uh, for me, the idea of us finding our other half and finding the part that makes us whole. What a beautiful idea of that. Um, the end is heart-wrenching. I, I think everyone knows that, uh, you know, I was, well, not everyone, like, because all my billions of fans, but, um, you know, I, I have talked about my ex-wife uh, plenty of times uh, on the show and on, on the podcast. And uh, the idea that, like, we separated for reasons that had nothing to do with love uh, had to do with our surroundings and the idea of like finding each other again and putting ourselves back together is like so overwhelming. Um, see, I can't even get through like talking about the song. Um, you know, and the idea of like, you know, shoving, shoving yourself back together and that's what sex is. And like how beautiful that idea is that like, that's the purpose. It's not, it's not to like procreate. It's not to, uh, it's not to make more little versions of, of you. It is literally for you to combine yourself to make yourself whole. And it has nothing to do with procreation or, as they say in the in the movie, it has nothing to do with procreation or uh, recreation. It has to do with just creation. Uh, and I think that's a wonderful way of thinking about sex and thinking about, uh, you know, shoving yourself back together. Uh, so uh, the original love really... And the way they use it in the movie, right? Like when yeah. Tommy becomes famous with it and Miss says the wrong name for one of the great gods and how you can see <laughs> in that moment how Hedwig was like, I thought you were this person and you fucked it up. You fucked it up. Uh, and I just love like at the moment she has this man that she admires and she has a song with him and that's supposed to be the thing that brings them back together and he just fucked it up. There's so many reasons I love that song. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Bear? Do you have a favorite? You can not have a favorite. That's fine too. I'm I mean, just... like, it's so hard because it's one of the rare musicals that every single song is good. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. A, it, what my friends and I used to call a perfect musical, um, yeah. which is weird to go ahead with that, but it is. Come for us, haters. The songs that I have like the most visceral reactions to are Exquisite Corpse, a lot for the same reason that I talked about the Angry Ants. Just it's you know it's a purely rage song 
about one's own body and how one got there and where one is going. And it's just, I feel it in every part of my body. And then the long grift for some reason has always really stuck out to me. I don't know. I don't know if it's because I saw the stage version first and Lena Hall just like fucking kills that song. Yeah. Uh, but there's something really tender and painful about that song. And, I, you know, I, as I mentioned at the beginning, I, I recently did a drag number to that song and it's was one of the hardest ones for me to do just because like when I first found that musical, I didn't really relate to it. But now at this point, having been in several relationships in my life, I was like, oh, no, I know exactly who this song is about now. And this fucking hurts. Mm. Like, like every time we took it, we, it was, you know, it was during quarantine as we did this on video. Every time we took it, I was just like, I had tears coming down my face. Mm. That song is just really powerful. And specifically the way that Lena, not even on the album because she pitches it up, but when if you can find her doing it live in that register, it's just, mm. it yeah. tears apart my soul. A lot of, I think that's why this musical is so beautiful is because it is so raw and emotional and real. And it just like gets in there and tears you apart. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Lena Hall is fantastic. Not to, not to drift too much, but I do suggest watching uh, Big the Big Game musical, which should be on Netflix or Prime. Uh, Lena uh-huh. Hall's in it under her original name when I, when I originally met her. Uh, Selena kind of, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, I've gotten to work with, I've gotten to work with Lena twice, but as Selena before she she reinvented, uh, you know, got a little bit more castable. Uh, with an sure, sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you like her her voice, I highly suggest Big Game Musical. Big Game Musical. Yeah, and you'll see my you'll yeah. see my name as the art director. So <laughs> very awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. But yeah. What about you, Ashley? What's your favorite song? Yeah. yeah, I think for me it's Wicked Little Town, both because it it hits me, but also just there's something about that, like the fact that it, it, Hedwig, we hear Hedwig's version, and then in the end we hear Tommy's version, and Tommy's version is even more just because it's about Hedwig more so than Hedwig's version is even about Hedwig, and it's just wow like like just that whole like there's no mystical divide no cosmic lover pre-assigned oh my god it's just like all right sorry yeah, right, yeah. Right, yeah. um it's just like yeah. yeah no it's just like oh that kills me it's just like oh 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 it's just like love yourself love yourself please i'm like yes yes I mean, it really it really oh. is good songs i mean even even the throwaway songs are fantastic right like sugar daddy is a fantastic song i yeah i i I didn't want to say it but i was like i i also i love what the broadway version did with sugar daddy i think they made the song a lot better Uh, i I love turn me down is fucking great like what a what a what a goddamn opener yeah Um, so i just okay with tear me down i really (laughs) so i love i love the like cape that Hedwig has when I wanted to direct slash be in it I really wanted to do this thing where it wasn't necessarily a cape but I saw a band that uh, I I went to go see and they had this just like cloth wall up and they were just doing a bunch of like sound shit for an hour and nobody knew it was them and then literally like they started playing the intro to one of their songs and the cloth dropped and there they were and I was just like oh fuck what if like 
you're just like playing a bunch of music and then like you've got the the berlin wall and like the yankee come home with me or like the yeah. I forget, yankee go home with me um yeah. and then like i'm the new berlin wall baby why don't you try and tear me down boom curtain goes down yeah anyway yeah, uh, that. anyone steals <laughs> that i'm gonna murder you uh no i won't i'm the editor i will edit my violent exactly. rage out of this so, <laughs> okay so we've had a lot of fun we need to start wrapping up uh, there's so much that we didn't talk about. Yeah, uh, I mean, we yeah. could have done this like another hour and touched yeah. on so much. Uh, the only thing I do want to make sure I state, and this is a weird thing, Yitzhak looks so much like X-Pac, which if you've ever watched pro wrestling in the late 90s, early 2000s, he was the <laughs> small guy in D-Generation X. And it's just like, I can't not see it. I can't not see it. One person <laughs> listening to this is going to be like, I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah so because there's like so much and we just like haven't gotten to everything uh what what are some just like let's do some quick rapid fire what are some other things that you're just like yeah this movie or Bleh, ugh, this movie like um i was i think i think this was the first time i really thought about uh about intersex people um was in this again in the song original love when they talk about the what women look like with like two spoons smashed together back to back men i i assume men two uh you know two forks smashed together back to back and then the third was a fork and a spoon uh mm -hmm. and I, I i thought that was such an interesting way to to not exclude anybody and i feel like it was extraordinarily progressive for the time considering again like we said earlier non-binary and those kind of terms were not in our at least out of mine, uh, my, you know, home words, you know, uh, so it was kind of interesting that he kind of sang about it, you know, John Cameron Mitchell kind of wrote about it mm -hmm. before it was like really well known. Now, obviously, you know, we learned about it with the, the old words that are very non-PC, you know, back in school, but it was the, the first time I got to hear about it where it wasn't this medical, Mm. oddity and it was just like oh they're just people <laughs> you know yeah. they're not just like these weirdos you know they're like actually people and it was like nice to coming from a, a catholic school where like the textbooks felt like they were from the 50s uh you know even though it was queens new york uh it was nice to see something like that and and explained in a way for someone who who's not a reader but a visual person mm. it really kind of explained you know in a very idiotic and 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 simple way, the the idea of an intersex person, which really messes oh, me up at the well, idea and, of the yeah. of love and like finding your other half, because then you're like, where am I? Where am I looking? Yeah, and I think I think that there are a lot of different identities that can be applied to these. I think that the initial intent yeah. was this idea of like, we used to be one entity, and then finding your mate was like finding your entity. But then, especially with Hedwig at the end literally like the the like i take the ending to read especially since we focus so much on that tattoo becoming whole yeah. is literally hedwig is has become whole as a person by yeah, embracing yeah. all of the the parts of who hedwig was and as much yeah. as yes it's about like there's a lot about sex it's less about sex yeah. 
Yeah. I think there's so, so many things yeah. that that stones represent. Like even yeah. with the two stones, like I remember as someone who identified as a lesbian when I first saw it, I was like, Oh, it's the two spoons of women and that's the lesbian couple and like, you know, kinda kinda putting those I mean, which is a beautiful thing about Hedgewood, right? Is like we can put our own narratives onto it. Uh and none of them are wrong. Uh and none of them are, are incorrect. It's just how this movie kind of affects us. It's not it's not like any other film I've ever seen. Uh and, and that's including other rock operas like Rocky Horror, which, you know, and again, like, it's problematic. Oh, it's problematic. You, know, uh, you were on my Rocky Horror episode, right? Was that you? Or I, was that... I, was. I should have okay. been. Well, I feel like well, I might we'll have been. Like... A... <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll do a Rocky revisited later. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I just want to say that, like, as someone who is usually really upset by any trans narrative written by cis people, Hedwig is a very rare example of a mostly well-written trans narrative by two cis I guess I, I believe Stephen Trask is also gay I think I so I think so I think yeah. they are two cis gay men John Cameron <laughs> Mitchell and Stephen Trask I don't want to not give Stephen Trask his his due because they wrote it together they both wrote yep. this musical movie show um I really am still impressed that these two men in the 90s wrote this show that like of course still has its flaws and it isn't 100 percent accurate but like they did a really amazing job at telling a human story yeah. about trans people but not just trans people in like a very not clear-cut way trans people because yeah. yeah. again like if there's anything i want people to walk away from hedwig it's question what hedwig's gender is and question what yitzhak's perceived gender is is again is yitzhak the character are we is is Yitzhak supposed? Or are we supposed to know that it's again? Like that's yeah. one of my favorite things about the show is like I love <laughs> that these two men wrote a show about trans people, but not in the way you would have thought they would write about trans people in the nineties. Like it's, it's just this show blows my mind at how far ahead of its time it was, and again written by cis gay men. Yeah, and I think I mean that's something that that me and Ashley have talked about a lot. Like I, as far as the year something was made, right? Like. A lot of times I'll hear people, you know, anything post, you know, 2005, I'm like, we knew better. Um, but pre-2005, I'm like, I, like I'll give I'll give people shit about, like, I don't want Scar Joe playing a trans man. Yeah. But I'm not going to give shit about that. Hillary Duff. Because Hillary, or Hillary Duff, Hillary. Hillary Duff. <laughs> <laughs> you know, boys um, don't cry Hillary Duff. <laughs> I, mean, I, watch I would watch the hell out of it. I would watch the Fuck out of that. <laughs> now I want to make that, but Hillary Swank, right? Like I don't, I don't hate on Hillary Swank for the simple fact of like it was the nineties, and like people were trans man in that role. Like that was never gonna happen, you know. Like, like, like it's still dangerous now, right? Like, like to to be right. out and about. Like I barely leave Bushwick because it's the only place I feel safe. Like, so I understand back in the day, like. Yeah, those parts maybe they wanted to cast a trans person. We don't know, but who who the hell was like, hey, we just got out of the mental institutions in '68, Let, or, or I think even later. Let's go and just out myself to the entire world. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you have, we even know now in 2020, the cast opposed the amount of hate mail they get. The amount, we can go onto the yeah. Instagram right now and scroll through it and see bullshit. You know, um, so like. 
I, I don't give this move, you know, I think that, like, now I only want trans people writing transcripts. Yeah. Um, you know, I just got an amazing script the other day from a cis straight person, uh, and I'm not going to produce it because I don't care that it's good. I don't want to – you don't get to tell my story. But, again, right. pre-2005, I'm almost like, thank you for telling our story. It's like, yeah. thank yeah. you for, for yeah. taking a chance. And giving a shit about our community, uh, right. you I, know, which I get back for a lot. <laughs> and just and just to just to kind of comment on it because I am very much in the camp of everyone should be able to tell any story, but at the same time, there's a lot of stories that are maybe off limits for you if you're not part of that that marginalized group. But at the oh. same time, to not include like to for cis people to not include trans people in their scripts is kind of saying that trans people don't exist in your world but at the same right. time again that does not mean that aj has to produce your script and that right. does not mean that like and again like and that's totally fine both are very valid like, so, if i'm gonna raise money i'm gonna raise money to make a trans person's dream come true i'm not gonna raise money to make a cis white guy dream come true. yeah i hear that <laughs> yeah they don't need that since uh so let's start wrapping up where we'll we'll ask the questions that i always ask at the end of the podcast uh was it enjoyable and was it transphobic uh let's start with was it enjoyable because i feel like i'm gonna get a very quick and easy answer out of that one and we can talk yeah. a little bit more about the second one yeah so yeah, was it 100%. enjoyable yeah great movie yeah. Hell. Probably always gonna be one of my favorite musicals, and I'll continue watching the movie and the bootlegs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, highly agree. Hell yes. Oh my god, this is so good. Uh, not not every piece of media can move me in the way that this one will do, even if I forget that it moves me in that way. Especially because I forget that it moves me in that way. Who? Yeah. Uh, cool. So, is it transphobic? This one's. Uh, yeah. How, how do we want to answer this? I mean, for me, you know, I think it's it's a it's it would on a scale of one to ten, I would give it like ten being the most transphobic, one being the least. I would give it a solid five. I I will say it has its problems, uh, but like we said, you know, uh, earlier, like we get better as people over time. Shows and movies that aren't problematic right now that we're watching and enjoying in ten years, people are gonna be like, "What the hell were you thinking?" I say that about as a as a producer. There's films of mine that has had language in it, and I've said that on record that I am embarrassed in 2020 that I put in my film, but in you know 11 years ago when I made it, or 10 years ago, or even some eight years ago, language has evolved so much. Uh, right. We have social media; things are evolving even quicker than we could ever imagine. So I give it a five, saying remember when it was made and remember how fast things change. I just really quickly want to comment on that because uh, I love bringing up that Shaggy Two Dope, one of the people in the Insane Clown Posse, recently gave an interview where a he affirmed trans people are absolutely the gender that they uh, that they tell you they are because they are. Uh, but b he also said that like yeah, sometimes uh, my daughter's friends will ask her about like hey, you know your dad said a bunch of stuff in uh, in his stuff in his uh, material, and I tell her you tell them your father was a fucking idiot, but he's trying. Don't try and make excuses. Don't say anything. You say your dad was a fucking idiot, and he's working on it. And it's like you know what? You know what? Shout out insane clown posse. I did they not. They are just like the best people somehow. Yeah. Like what happened? They've all turned out great. 
<laughs> so bear i apologize i took i took time from your answer to be able to talk about the I IPP. Would... honestly I, I could talk about them for a whole other episode so i won't get into it because like they're great um yeah i feel like with this question i always get into the issue of like intent versus impact mm. And like, yeah. do I think the intent of this movie was transphobia? Absolutely not. No. Do I think there are takeaways that audiences then and now that are not great? Yeah. Um, and again, I think it's hard to like, I feel like if people were watching this movie for the first time in 2020, I would hope that they either have the knowledge to know what's wrong with it and view it critically or if they don't have that knowledge, I don't really, I guess like as someone who, I just like don't know what that takeaway is as someone who's yeah. like never been in that position of not being aware of queer people, someone who grew up in fucking Los Angeles. Um, <laughs> um, but like, I, I think overall it is let, I would urge people who don't have a knowledge to watch it. I think it is more, I think it does more good for trans people than it does bad. But again, I might have a weird skew vision of it, but I I would agree that on a scale of one to ten, maybe five, four or five, I would say. Because it definitely it has it has implications that if you're looking for it, you can ignore it. But if you're not, maybe you will I don't know. Again, I don't know what my scale is. That's cool. <laughs> I mean, I, think, I mean, I think for me, I don't know. yeah, I think, I think it's anything that is a movie that is made about genitalia, essentially, right? It's right, uh, right. going to inherently be a little transphobic. And sure. that, like, I don't know a person that could make a perfect movie and not, and not with trans people in it and not be like, well, that one, that one, right, right. I mean, like, you know, I mean, everything could be nitpicked. I think that, you know, and when you're making something that is about genitalia, it's automatically going to feel uh, whether a little bit oppressive or transphobic in some way. And that's just the reality, like when we're reducing people to, to what's between their legs, right? Right, right. Um, yeah. But that doesn't Agreed. take away from the, the amazing qualities that the film does present its audience with. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But you're right. I do forget that this movie is a lot about the surgery it's about the you surgery know, like, i can't i can't as much as i want to ignore it you're right that is a big part of it and yeah. Uh, yeah yeah yep uh i i highly agree there's so much of it that is just so linked to genitalia and gender based on genitalia but also like questioning of gender in a way that it, it can't help but be but at the same time i feel like and this is again one of those examples where just because I'm saying, yes, it's got transphobic elements and yes, there's some transphobia in it. It's not bad. Like that's like, it's just, that's sort of the lens. Like, yeah, you know what it is, but fuck it. Like, <laughs> I, I feel like, I feel yeah. like, and you know, your mileage may vary, but at the same time, in my opinion, every trans person should watch this at some point in their life, just so that they could yeah. at least have experienced it uh, with the obvious triggers stated. But at the same time, like, Fuck it, yeah. Like, even if it is, even if you walk away thinking it's the most transphobic piece of garbage, uh, no, it, it's, there's so much joy in it, and there's so much yeah. about that character. There's so much about them living on their own terms, and that's what I think does it. Is it's like 
Hedvig is not, even though Hedvig is the main character, Hedvig is not in any way, shape, or form passive. And that's what you see yeah. so often with characters of questionable gender for is what I will is the way I will phrase it. A really cute meme of this dad that was at Pride for the first time and the interviewer was like, How many genders are there? And he just like, goes, I don't know, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the energy anyone needs to bring in. That makes me so happy. <laughs> okay, so this was this was joyful. Uh, I'm so I'm so excited again. Like I know that we went uh, we had to go down like a dark road because there's dark elements in the piece. But yeah, like this was such a joyful discussion. Um, yeah, so tell people how to find you on the internet if you want them to. Okay, well you could watch my movies over. Uh, on mattiolieproductions.com or just look me up on Instagram at mattioliepro. Uh, yeah, I'm not posting a whole lot these days because my energy's been in, like, protesting mode. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, if you want to look at the drag stuff I do, it's Bad News Bear Drag on Instagram and I think just Bad News Bear on Facebook. And if you want my muggle instagram that i rarely use anymore it's bear the princess with a t of darkness uh, but again not a whole lot going on there so it'd be a waste of your time <laughs> well also use that time to watch my yeah. movies so there you go <laughs> well you know what i am working a lot of resources in my story on that instagram so if yeah. that's still useful follow me for resources of where to donate your money hell yeah yeah and for that one person that understood the X-Pac reference I made earlier, I'm afraid I've got some bad news for you. No, uh, <laughs> there will be so many people confused oh, by that. One person will get it, and they will be very happy. <laughs> uh, yeah, so for us, uh, for me, you can find me on, on Twitter at Lucretia Deerfor, L-U-C-R-E-T-I-A-D-E-A-R, and then the number four. Uh, you can find the Is It Transphobic podcast on Twitter at Is It Transphobic. And now we have an Instagram because I finally broke down and made an Instagram. Yay! Uh, and that's at Is It Transphobic. Uh, you can also be a patron on Patreon, patreon.com slash Is It Transphobic. I am making a concerted effort to really be better about Patreon. Uh, so all of our episodes, you'll be able to get a um, week early than anyone else before we we release them you'll be able to get them on patreon you'll also be able to get exclusive interviews with folks that i'm doing i've got an interview with sa hunt i've got an interview coming up with my good friend cleo stiller uh and there's going to be a bunch of things that you as a patron will get a month early a month ahead of time so if that sounds like it's up your alley hey a dollar is the minimum and everything else is just cherry uh so yeah so thank you all so much for listening thank you aj and bear for being my guests today thank you thank you yeah thank, thank you for having me it was good to be back is it transphobic was produced edited and coordinated by ashley lauren rogers the original music you heard was all created by Vivian Aladrin, who you can find on Bandcamp at vivianaladrin.bandcamp.com. 